Welcome to Outside Source Football, your inside look at the NFL. Listen to the latest predictions and happenings from the season with your hosts, Evan Mick and Gabriel Vondre. Here they are now. Hello and welcome to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. This is Outside Source Football with Evan Mick, Gabriel Vondrak, and Joseph Doherty. Today we are talking about a lot of the NFL news post-Super Bowl. We got a lot of things to talk about. Hey, wait, 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 wait. We got to talk about the most important news story to come out in the last couple weeks here. Jimmy Garoppolo will be suspended for two games. For two I mean, games. this is this is huge. I don't know how this will affect the Raiders or the rest of the NFL community as a whole. I mean, you could clearly see that something changed in, in Jimmy G's game to, to like... You know, like you could see that he was taking PEDs. I mean, he was just lighting it up on the field, especially the game versus the Lions, um, which was his last game as a starting quarterback. I mean, he just looked lights out, and I mean, it makes sense that he was taking PEDs. So I'm glad they caught that. It's been a difficult 20 years, but especially like the last five years with the Raiders, you think about the John Gruden situation, um, the tragedy with Henry Ruggs, and now – this with Jimmy Garoppolo. We're putting those three in the same category right there. I don't know what they're going to do the first two games. Oh, wait. He was not going to be back. No. Anyway, they, they actually, um, on a serious note, this does work out well for the Raiders because I think because of this now... You can cut him and save a, money. A certain amount of yeah, his contract uh, that was supposed to be guaranteed, even if they did cut him, I think now is not guaranteed. Yeah, so they're yeah. going to save some money. So, good job, Jimmy Garoppolo, being a team player. This is a great example of being a team player and helping out the Raiders. You know you're already going to leave. Let's help the team out yeah, on our way. You know, this, could be, this, could I, be, this could be a scandal. Maybe, uh, maybe taking, who knows what he t- I th- I You think know, maybe the, maybe the leadership was like, Jimmy, come on, you got you to take this weed. Like you, you got to smoke this, okay? And then the next day, random NFL drug test. Get him out! What Get if, him out of here! What if it was like Antonio Pierce brought him in? And was like, I found this in your locker. <laughs> it's like oregano. <laughs> it's not even. They planted it on him, forced him to take it. Or they're like, Hey, we'll give you like, we'll give you like a hundred thousand dollars. They hid it in his food. They hid it so in his food. They drugged him. Didn't them. know that he took it. <laughs> oh. I hope, I hope that happened. That that'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit of a surprising one, especially given his performance <laughs> this season. You know, well, you know. Believe really it or not, like... people take performance-enhancing drugs to enhance their performance. <laughs> people don't know that. that. You know, we're bringing you the we're bringing you the uh, the inside knowledge to the game on this podcast. Yeah, it wasn't super enhanced. <laughs> he missed out on the enhanced part <laughs> somewhere. I can definitely see what the drugs came in though. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> he looked like he was on drugs. <laughs> he was just not those drugs. Uh, I don't know what he was taking. But oh God! <laughs> certainly didn't help his performance on the field. Moving Fun on. Fun, <laughs> Fun times in the off season. Moving on to uh, what's next. Chris Jones reportedly does not want to leave Kansas City. We're gonna do a lot more free agent talk. In the next couple of weeks, but yes, he's one that he's supposed to stay where he is. So, in an alcohol-induced monologue uh, <laughs> at the parade up on the stage, he said that he was not leaving Kansas City. So, I'll take the man at his word. No matter how many drinks he'd had, um, I think he was going to stay in Kansas. City. He's probably going to stay. They're they're either they're in a situation with Chris Jones and Legarius Sneed. Both of them contracts are up. So, out of those two, somebody's going to get tagged, and somebody's probably going to get. A uh, long-term contract. It'll just depend who. I think Chris Jones is. I think he's more, more likely to get the more the long-term. Yeah, contract. I think he's more likely to get the contract. And it'll be more money for him too. Yeah, and Le- 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 Sneed will most likely play this season. 
on a franchise tag. Probably. But or yeah, get and they're above away. they're above league average for cap space too, so that's not an issue for them. That's and, insane. Uh, I mean, it's not like they're a bad team. But it would I be mean, bad to go back to that, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put a lot of stock in something that's said at a championship celebration parade. Uh, that's I, I think it was in the NBA that that happened for a Nuggets player. He was like, "We're running it back, like we're all coming back." And then five days later, they traded the guy or, or something <laughs> like that. Like it's take it with a grain of salt. But He's also the one who said it, not the more, team. More more likely than not, yeah, I, I think Chris Jones will be back in Kansas City. Unfortunately for me and anybody else who's praying on the Chiefs' downfall, the entire league. Every, yeah, it's just apparently every fan that's not a Chiefs more, fan. More fans than not <clears throat> now. Moving on. A little bit of a, a heated debate here coming up. Oh, Matthew boy. Slater. <laughs> will he be a Hall of Famer? Well, okay, hold up. No, 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 no. no. Let's, let's prep for this. Matthew Slater retired today after 16 seasons, I believe, in the NFL, uh, all with the Patriots, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. After and yeah, sixteen seasons, he has established himself as what most would say is the greatest special teams player. Um, not as a return man, but as a gunner on punt and kickoff. And I'm like, I'm not even kidding right now. Like he's the best at it. I think he's gone to ten Pro Bowls as the you know the designated special teams player. So he is actually he's great at it. He was the best at special teams. And so my opinion is this. If you're going to let Devin Hester, or not let, if you're going to put Devin Hester in the Hall of Fame for, I think Devin Hester ended his career with somewhere between 20, 25 return touchdowns. Those are big, you know, those are like the, that's, that was Devin Hester's main contribution, right? Was in the return game. He was a great return man. For a long time, the Hall of Fame didn't really respect special teams players, kickers, punters, return guys. Those guys weren't really looked at as legitimate Hall of Fame candidates. That's kind of changed as of late. And so I would say if, if yeah, kickers, punters, and return men are getting in, why not Matthew Slater? He's the best. He's he's the best gunner. And as far as, yeah, making big tackles on special teams or downing punts inside the five-yard line, I mean, that's huge. Those are huge plays that that turn a game. Those guys are are really important. And he was, he was very important to the Patriots' success through, you know, a lot of Super Bowls there. Yeah, so. you, bring up, you bring up a good point that, you know, he was a great special teamer, but I think that he's going to make it into the Hall of Fame because of his performance as a receiver. Listen to these stats, okay? okay? <laughs> All right. 239 games played, 100% first down conversion rate, okay? That means <laughs> every time he caught the ball, he got a first that's down. That's better than Gabe Davis. <laughs> okay, you ready? In the last, how many years was it? 16? 240 games played, one catch, 46 yards, and a first down. That's pretty I mean, good. That's a phenomenal average. That is one more catch than I will ever have. So, yes. you know, I mean. And like I said, the argument against special teams guys going into the Hall of Fame forever is, well, they weren't good enough to play on offense or defense, so that's why they're playing on special teams. So yeah. It's a different it's a different position, though. I don't know. You know? It's just, it's just, you know, some guys respect it, some guys don't. Evan, as a kicker, I feel like you would have a, a level of respect for special teams players. Do you not? So here's what I'll You're say. You're awfully quiet over there. Here's what I'll <laughs> say as a kicker is uh, our special teams, kickers and punters, See, we don't really play any other positions. Like, there's a lot of gunners who... Uh, Malcolm Rodriguez is a good example. He plays linebacker, but he's also on the special teams to make us great special teams plays. That's not their primary position, is special teams usually. So kickers and punters, that is their primary position. That's what they've trained their entire lives to do. A guy like, guy like Matthew Slater, you know, he trained his life to become a wide receiver, to be, become... 
you know, to go out and catch passes in the NFL. You, uh, Joe, can you look up the position that he played primarily in college? Because I don't wherever he was. I before. would not believe you that he got drafted as just a special teamer. Right in college, he had to put up some wide receiver stats. No, but think about this: How many teams carry a guy who only plays special teams? Like you, like to your point, it's usually like the linebackers or like the backups at other positions that play special teams. Matthew Slater was so good that they knew that he was not going to play offense or defense. He was not going to be on the field for any offensive or defensive snap, and he was so valuable to the team in his role on special teams that. He was taking a spot. He was one of the one on the fifty three man roster. That's how good he was. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Uh, he does have so he does have two All Pro selections, ten Pro Bowls, so a lot of Pro Bowls, and I mean two All Pro selections is it's more than one. I think it know. just it know. just comes drafted, down. I mean, he was drafted in the fifth round as a receiver out of UCLA, but I mean a fifth round. And was he, players just was, gonna, was he like a darn good receiver at UCLA? Well, he got uh, first team. All Pac-10 honors. It doesn't say if it was for receiver or if it was for. What if it was for special teams? What if he was he started this in college? I don't. I don't, I don't think know. So. I mean, either way, it comes down to if you value special teams high enough, and if you value that position high enough. I think. Yeah, a lot. I, think, a lot of, I mean, there's going to be people on both sides, and I understand the argument. I think the argument that you, that you're making is Devin Hester got in, and so now we're valuing special teams, so he should get in because we're valuing special teams. See, I would I would say that. In that case, you're 100% right. If you're going to let Devin Hester in, you pretty much almost have to let this guy in. Like, this guy's right and, on that borderline. I mean, I was surprised. But there's a lot of Three-time Super Bowl that, champion. A lot of people that yep. think that Devin Hester shouldn't have got in. And those people will probably argue against it because they don't think Devin Hester should have got in the first place. Yeah, and I kind of go back and forth on that. Because, yeah, if, if you look at Devin Hester, it's... Um, I mean, yeah, was he the best return man ever? Yeah. But what impact did that really have... Like was it really that impactful? And on a game to game basis, the, the, the yeah. like twenty whatever touchdowns that he scored in his career in was his it really career. was it really did it warrant being a Hall of Famer? He he was drafted as a kick returner for special teams. Who was <clears throat> Matthew Slater? Oh, Slater was. Yep. So it was even he played thirteen games, had twenty five tackles uh, on special teams his senior year in two thousand seven. Uh, he had a twenty nine yard average for a turn. Uh, Three so touchdowns. They, they knew they were getting a special teams ace yep. when they drafted yep. him. Yep, he was uh, Bill Belichick. Man, he was first in always, kickoff, always with the vision. kickoff return average. He was first in the Pac-10, twelfth best in the country that year, uh, and then he was first team All Pac-10 uh, selection as a kick returner. So he was always well, going to be a uh, special teamer. I, I think I, if you include special teams, this is one of the best to ever do it. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think we need to spend much more time on it, but I feel like with this, with the Devin Hester decision. They, you've set that precedent now that even a guy who played primarily on special teams can make the Hall of Fame. So for me, if, if Devin Hester is in, then I think Matthew Slater should be in too. That's my opinion. Yeah, moving on though to Dak. And he wants a lot of money. Uh, reportedly. 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 There's a report coming out today that Dak wants $60 million a year in his next contract, which how do you guys feel about that? That's a lot of it's money. A lot of money. It's, a, it's a lot of money. Make him the highest paid guy, right? Yeah, well, okay, so the salary cap already went up another 24, 25 million. I think last season it was around 225 million and it's about to go up to 250 for next year. Mm-hmm. So I mean, salaries are just going to keep 
going up, right? Quarterback salaries are going to keep going up. Eventually, having a guy for $40 million is going to look like a bargain. You know, Patrick Mahomes' contract will look like a really good – it already looks like a pretty good deal compared to what other guys are getting paid. So, I mean, that's just the way the game is. The market is constantly resetting itself. My thing with Dak is you have to draw the line somewhere, right? Because we, we've talked about, yeah, you know, Dak isn't the best. He's good. He's, he's a high-end starting quarterback in the NFL. Doesn't have a lot of playoff success. But you, you, the argument is you can't do better, right? You're not going to find some – there isn't a bunch of guys readily available who you can just come in and are going to do a better job than Dak Prescott. So you basically have to bite the bullet and pay him. I think at some point, it's not. I worth don't. It. I don't think he should be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, and the Cowboys would be better off just saying, "Okay, Dak, if that's what you want, you go ahead and you go try to find that now on the so open market." Did you what hear? I'm, did you hear why the sixty million is a thing? I'm, I'm, I'm doing um, some research. Live Lifetime, research. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> so I mean, he's, he's under. He's under, the, he's under contract. He's under contract yeah. for a year, and in 2022, when he resigned, it was. The, the cap hit was offset, so this year uh, he would do a $59 million cap hit. That's his cap hit for this That's upcoming season? That's his cap hit for this upcoming season if Oof. they don't redo anything, which is why they might redo it, which is why Dak Prescott has some leverage here, where <clears throat> he could get, on average, $60 million a year so that that cap hit never hits, and he, like, like hits the cap what like forty five million this next year, you know? Just, I mean, that's just how contracts work. It always so delays the cap hit. They're saying kicking the he want he wants not not a he doesn't want to restructure his contract, but he wants an extension added now. He wants yes, he wants an extension, and then in that extension, he might command a sixty million dollar average because, I mean that that's kind of what I'm getting from this. Uh, it's kind of unclear, but that would explain why he has the leverage. But because if they if they don't do anything and he doesn't have to do anything, that, if he if he's like you know what this is my last year for the Cowboys they, you know they I get criticized all the time I'm just going to take my sixty million that I'm going to earn this year through the cap and then just walk play out know. this year and yeah. then see right. what happens. And here's the thing though is that at one point in this year we were talking about he was the MVP favorite for he quite was, a while. He was. It's true. So it's not like if you take out the fact and I don't know if you can but if you game, take out the playoff game. Dak had a good. He had year. a great season. Yeah. A great, he had great a great year. season. Probably his best. Yeah, by far. I think it's by far his Definitely. best. So I just it's just difficult because they're with Dak Prescott and other guys like that. It's yeah. It's you. You have to pay him because there's nobody else really available. But I think maybe at some point, maybe we get to a number that's that's just too much. Where it, the like the Daniel Jones forty million. Yeah, that was one that I thought was was too much for what you're was, getting. Was overvalued for what? Yeah, and yeah, maybe you don't Giants find got. another guy like Daniel Jones in the next two three years. Not that Daniel Jones is some top ten quarterback. It's just, but. it's just so rare to see a team let a quarterback walk though, if he's right. a good a good quarterback. The, the, the only <clears throat> the only one that comes to mind off the top of my head is Tom Brady. When the well, oh, that's when, that, was, that was for different reasons, but Age. when the the then. Washington Redskins, now Washington Commanders, let Kirk Cousins go. After franchise tagging him multiple times, they just finally decided not to sign him to a long-term deal, and they, they let him walk. And, yeah, that's when he signed with the, the Vikings. But interesting, interesting stuff from Dak Prescott. He's always been 
savvy as far as getting paid. The man has made a lot of money. Yeah. And I'm sure he will continue to do so. All right, a, a question here. This one is uh, posed by Gabriel Von Drack because... Oh, I thought maybe we had some, like, fan mail. Fan I'm mail? reading from in Gabriel Von Drack's notes. J.J. McCarthy. We need fans. Not J.J. That. McCarthy. J.J. Watt, five-yard penalty for holding, thinks that it should move from a 10-yard penalty to a five-yard penalty on offensive holding. What yeah. You, you well, brought up the question. What do you think? The, here's the thing. Holding doesn't... Caller number one. Holding... <laughs> oh, thanks. Holding doesn't get called... The way that it should, teams get away with holding penalties quite a bit. And the rationale, or at least J.J. Watt's rationale, is because it's a 10-yard penalty. Refs don't want to call a 10-yard penalty because it's that's a big deal. I mean, losing 10 yards is huge. So his idea was make it a 5-yard penalty, and then that way referees will call it more, and it won't be as consequential of a penalty. Would it be from the spot? Yeah, from I, I like if it occurred, like if it way. occurred, if it occurred five yards of the backfield. Well, oh, I guess that's, you know, a, good, that's a good question. That, you know what I'm saying? Because usually, right now, if it occurs five yards in the let's backfield, say, it's at it's the line of scrimmage. Let's scrimmage. say that a quarterback drops back ten yards. He's not a mobile quarterback. It's Jared Goff. Jared Goff. It's Jared Goff. He's dropped <laughs> back was, ten yards. <laughs> that was quick. And you see, yeah, right. And then, like, I don't know, the left tackle just gets torched. He sees that Jared Goff is about to get sacked for a ten yard loss, and it's just a five yard from the previous spot. I mean. He's, tack- he's tackling him, you know. Here's the other thing, you know though. What I'm saying? Like, it takes that's kind of the it, point of the hold being ten yards is that it it's kind of like a sack. Do we really want more penalties though? Because you say that you know there's not many holding penalties that are called. Do we really want like them to call so many more holding penalties? Well, we we don't want holding penalties until it hurts our team. Until you're a, a 49ers fan watching the Super Bowl and you say Nick Bosa is getting held every play. But I don't I don't think a single holding penalty was called on the Chiefs O-line. Not in the last three Super Bowls, actually. Chiefs have zero holding calls in their three Super Bowl wins. Hmm. Interesting. No, I just, that was just a, you know. Just, just throwing it out there. Just just putting it out there. Just putting it out. But yeah, that's I think that's why the conversation came up with J.J. Watt. I don't know if he was on Pat McAfee's show or if he was just doing his own thing. I know he's on there a lot. But yeah, his, his idea is everybody's complaining about it not being called enough and offensive linemen get away with it and it happens every play my problem with the chiefs was the way that they hold because offensive linemen are taught to get their hands inside right you know you get your hands inside and, and then hold you, and then you hold the guy yeah. like that's literally the job is get your hands inside and you hold him juan taylor the chiefs tackle after false starting every play and getting a, a head start which sometimes got called sometimes did it would just bear hug guys. I mean, half the time he just puts his arms around the outside of them. And Watt had other things to say too that there's when when NFL referees are watching it, there's different things that go into it. If if a guy does a spin move, like an unsuccessful spin move right into an offensive lineman and that a, a line, lineman just hugs him, a lot of the times the NFL the refs won't call it because they've been told if a guy, you know, spins himself into a bad position where he can you know, easily be held, then don't call it. You know, they're told I think his he said that the only ones that they're really harping on like call it is when it's away from the body, right? Like if a guy's away from you and you grab, you know, like the yeah. jer- the jersey around the shoulder pad, like it's if it's far away and you're like really impeding him from running down a guy, you know, that's when it gets called. But a lot of the stuff inside, you know, closer doesn't get called. But I mean I don't know. I don't know if changing it to a five yard penalty 
Yeah, I don't know if that makes it any better, and then we just get a million five-yard holding penalties. Right. Yeah, and also, like, if you think about it, if there are more holding penalties, it's not like that's just... How do, how do I say this? It still takes away from the play that happens. So, because, yeah. I mean, the play that happens is now com- completely negated unless it's a plus for the defense because then they're obviously just going to deny the holding call. But, like, if you have a 10-yard throw and then you get a 10-yard holding penalty, then, yeah, you're at first and 20. But if you get a 10-yard throw and you have a 5-yard holding penalty, you're still at first and 15. You still lost all the yards that you gained from your throw, from your successful mm-hmm. offensive play. So, how badly do you want to take away from the more offensive successful plays, which I guess they did hold on that play, so maybe they don't deserve it. Is that the convert? Is that what do you think about that? I mean, honestly, I just wish refs would be consistent. The problem is there's not a lot of consistency in the league, and players talk about it. They say going into a game, you know, know what you can get away with with this crew or know how this crew calls a game. I just think that shouldn't be that shouldn't be the case. You shouldn't have different NFL crews calling games differently i mean that's just ridiculous i mean if like holding should just be called holding you know like like i i don't care what the yardage is like if it's a penalty it's a penalty and i feel like it should be called and the moment in the game shouldn't really determine that i I mean i don't know i I understand i understand refs not wanting to decide games late in games with you know like ticky tack you know on the fence sort of penalties but refs shouldn't decide uh, if a play is a hold because it's like, oh, well, I don't want to back him up 10 yards. But yeah, if, I, exactly. if it were to like be that, five yards, then I guess I would throw the flag. Yeah, that yeah. shouldn't be. I think that's what you were saying. Yeah, that, just, yeah, exactly. That shouldn't be. The yards shouldn't change. Like, oh, like, I don't want to hurt them that much because, <laughs> that, you know, that, that right. takes away from this driver. Yeah, that puts him out of it. But Yeah, well, thank you for listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Uh, when we come back in the second half, we're going to talk about some quarterbacks, Russell Wilson and Justin Fields. So we'll be back in a short break. Hello and welcome to Outside Source Football on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Moving on to Justin Fields. Is he out of Chicago? I think he's out of Chicago. I think he's out of Chicago. What do you guys think? Before we get into a serious conversation, can I tell you about something funny? Yeah, I saw sure. on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. They created a an ad, like a political ad, but it was like Justin Fields versus Caleb Williams. And it opened. It opened. Yeah, they did. They did one for both sides. So like one in favor of Fields, and then one in favor of Caleb Williams. And it was really funny. It uh, the Justin Fields one. So I was like, Justin Fields is a Southern gentleman who shares our Midwestern values. It was like Caleb Williams is a DC elite who joined the West Coast West Coast elite. It was. It was pretty good. But anyway, what was your question? Can <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we go on? Uh, so Justin Fields actually unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. <gasps> that was my <laughs> big I'm news. That, that clutching my pearls. That sometimes means absolutely nothing because sometimes players will do that and then they'll just I go hate, back to the team anyways. I, I hate, would. I, hate I would twenty twenty four. I, I wish I was a high profile NFL player because I would just do stuff like I'm that. F- all unfollow your the time. team randomly. Just post a black square with a little hourglass. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? So thank you for everything, Lions. There's that. <laughs> There's a lot of room. <laughs> I won't be a fan anymore. <laughs> more, more so than anything, there's a lot of rumors that says that they're going to take, or it's going to take an absolute haul to get them out of the number one overall pick, which means that they're probably taking a quarterback and probably trading away from Fields. Yeah, so, I think that's the right decision. I think so too. I feel like I've. I feel like every time we talk about this, I go back and forth on it. I feel like I've. I feel I've, like I've defended. I've defended each side, but I mean the the contract issue is is. 
I think, the tipping point for me. You're going to have to pay Justin Fields next year versus you get one of the best draft uh, quarterback prospects uh, this draft. You have the number one overall pick. You hope you never have to draft number one overall again. You kind of just, like, accidentally got it, you know, because of the Panthers trade. It's not because you're a bad team. I I feel like you just kind of have to take the younger quarterback that has a lot of upside and you're going to have him for five years on a rookie deal. Yeah, here's what it is for me. It's it's like we say it all the time, like we don't really know exactly how good Justin Fields is because it's debated pretty much on both sides. Like all right. people are all over the place on Justin Fields. Well, isn't that exactly how you feel about college quarterbacks? Right. So why not start over? Completely new deal, first of all. Second of all, you get to retrain this guy in exactly how you want him to fit your offense. And this guy is, is supposed to be the next great thing. And even if you don't like him, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, pretty good prospects too. I mean, you get to start over, new guy, new offense. And you have to tell all your fans that, oh, yeah, we didn't draft that guy. If Caleb Williams ever just, like, whatever team he goes to, lights it up. You know, like, that's there's a, big, there's a, there's a lot of pressure if you're the owner. Yeah, so what team should Justin Fields go to? Well, well, before we get to that, let me just say, yeah, I, I agree with you, Joe. I think it's the right move to move on from Fields, trade him, get whatever you can. If you, know, if you can get a second-round pick, great. You're bringing in a rookie quarterback that'll be on – you know, rookie contract, it gives you more time to, to build the rest of the team. And I do think Fields, is, or not Fields, I'm sorry, I think Williams is a better prospect than Justin Fields ever was. I, I think, yeah, both are great athletes. Fields probably a better athlete, better runner, but Caleb Williams can do things throwing the ball that I, I don't think Justin Fields can, and I don't know that Justin Fields will ever be able to do. My, my thing with Caleb Williams is not as much his, his ability as it is the other stuff, you know, the, the kind of the antics the immaturity, you know, the 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 painting his fingernails, F Texas or F Utah or, or whoever he had. He's very emotional af- after a loss. He, you know, was crying in the stands with, uh, I think it was his mom. And I'm not like criticizing a guy for crying, but it just seemed there was a lot, there was a lot of pressure on Caleb Williams to perform this year after, after winning the Heisman. He didn't really live up to that. And not that he played bad, but uh, and what I've seen so we'll, far, we'll and talk I, more about that. Yeah, too I, ha- I haven't watched a ton of it yet. It looked like there was maybe a little bit of a lack of focus. A guy that was more concerned with his NIL deals and, and the commercials and the stuff off the field, as opposed to being being ready to play. But all that aside, I, I think if you're the Bears, he he's good enough that yeah, you, you should take him with the first overall pick and and get what you can. So the question becomes, what team makes sense for Justin Fields? I I think the Falcons and the Steelers stand out in my mind maybe the Ra- maybe the raiders i mean the raiders are going to be or any conversation around a quarterback whether it's a free agent or moving up in the draft the raiders are going to be part of that conversation yeah because of jimmy garoppolo's suspension obviously yes obviously they have to replace the great jimmy g uh the broncos what, what's denver yeah, going to do one. at quarterback i think we're going to talk about russell wilson a little maybe bit even the seahawks possibly the seahawks i've heard the seahawks too i like gino though so I think Gino's good there. The Titans, I don't think, are settled. I mean, so yeah, there's a lot of quarterback needy teams. So, who's willing to give up a draft pick for Justin Fields? That that a team that's not in a position to draft one of these rookie quarterbacks? Because outside of Kirk Cousins, who's approaching his late 30s, it's not like there's a bunch of free agent quarterbacks that are going to be you know hot on the market. I think it's Baker Mayfield, who most likely will go back to the Buccaneers and. Kirk Cousins. So if Fields is available, if you feel like you can't get one of the best quarterbacks in this draft, I, I could see giving up a second or third round pick for Justin Fields. If, and you're, I, if you're who? Eh, the Falcons. Maybe think, the Steelers. I think Steelers make more sense. I, I think it's and the Steelers. And that's because uh, there are 
a good amount of decent quarterbacks in this in this uh, class. But the Steelers draft so late because they made the playoffs, whereas the Falcons because Mike Tomlin doesn't lose. Mike Tomlin don't lose, and uh, Arthur Smith is the new offensive coordinator. Loves the run game. I feel like uh, the Justin Fields matchup. Arthur the... Smith knows how to maximize young players' talent. <laughs> oh wait, just look at <laughs> Bijan. Hey, I'm but... sorry. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't mean. To no, 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 you're right. I didn't mean but... to take cheap shots at Arthur Smith. Yeah, but but I did. But yeah. I just think that with where the Steelers are drafting, it makes more sense for them that to would be, waste a second-round pick. That would be great for Justin Fields. You go from the Bears, one of the franchises that is known for a lack of stability. Especially um, at the quarterback position. And go to the Steelers, who an organization renowned yeah. It's kind of just like stability. A, I, is he on his last year of his deal like fifth year so, so fields is going into his fourth season it's, it's okay. fourth, they're yeah. gonna have they have to make a decision okay. whether to pick up that fifth year option this off season i believe i don't know when the deadline is so you to so make that if call, you trade for justin fields you're paying him you can pick money, up the fifth year. and you could pick up the fifth year still so it's kind of like a one-year tryout for like yes. a second or third round pick i don't know that's not a bad I, that's not a bad gig i think that the best place for him to go to for him and for the team is the steelers I agree. Uh, I think that the Chiefs, obviously, they've maximized Mahomes' potential. They've yeah. gotten the most possible out of him, and they need to move on. They got, they got to move done. on. They got to move on. Look at his numbers this year. <laughs> All down by his Slightly stance. less. Well, slightly less. But right, um, enough, enough of that. <laughs> I think I think that the Steelers are in a place right now where pretty clearly they've been good for like the last so many years, and they just can't be great. They're in a place where we all say Mike Tomlin's winning games but he's not winning playoff games, you know? The Steelers' problem is they never lose enough games to draft a player high. They need to, right? they need to take a risk. I think that Justin Fields is is like the, the right amount of risk where, yeah, he, he might, you know, he might not pan out for you, but he also has the athleticism and has the talent that he's the only guy that you can possibly even get that he could possibly turn your franchise into that compete in the AFC yeah. type type team. He has for cheap. E- exponentially, for cheap. exponentially more upside than Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph. That's not even not even uh, I don't know. That's or most a hot of the, take. Stop. Most of the quarterbacks in the draft class, I would say, below yeah. the guys that are gonna the get top picked. Three. The guys that are gonna pick in the top like ten. Yeah, I agree. And the thing is he's shown he's had some success in the NFL. I know everybody wants to point to his record. I think he's ten and twenty eight as a starter or so, or something they like that. They were so horrible but though. The, yeah, the, it's hard to how are you going to judge a guy when, yeah, you look at what he had around him. It's not like he had a bunch of talent around him. And he has played really well and flashed insane ability at times. His best game was this year against the Falcons, which is why he also could go to Atlanta because Atlanta had to watch him absolutely <laughs> he's from, destroy them. He's from Georgia, right? I think he's, he is. might even he's be from, from, from the Atlanta. Atlanta from the, yeah, from Atlanta itself. So either way, I th- yeah, I think Steelers or Falcons. I think both make sense. Make sense. Moving on, though, to another quarterback in Russell Wilson. Will he be a starter next year? I feel like I'm coming up with all these, like, I think where will he even be next Seattle, year? Seattle. Not the return. Can, can I tell you? Yeah, not well, in Denver. Can I tell you the offseason take that really grinds my gears more than anything right now? Russell Wilson to the Raiders. There are so many people right now on, on Twitter or wherever else, and like, Russell Wilson to the Raiders makes a lot wow. of sense. He wasn't that bad last year, actually. You know, he threw 28 touchdowns, the six or seven. There's nothing that would infuriate me more, and I think I speak for all Raider fans when I say this, than seeing Russell Wilson in a Raiders jersey. He is the antithesis Mister, Mister. of everything 
that they are building right now. Mr. 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 Unlimited. He's cringy. He's fake. He is not genuine, which is the same as fake. <laughs> and, and cringy. <laughs> and he's just not very good at football for the most part anymore. I mean, yeah, he where his his stats don't look horrible last year, but he still got benched. I just as if I'm the Raiders, I want nothing to do with Russell Wilson. And honestly, if I'm most teams, I want nothing to do with Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. You asked well, me if he's one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the league next year, and my answer is no. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think I would rather have Joe Flacco next year than Russell Wilson. I don't think it's that. That's oh, not close. even close. Absolutely, I don't think that's close. Not even close. And so I, I mean, the best case scenario I think for Russell Wilson is somebody gets hurt on a competing team, like like the Jets thought they were last year. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt very early in the season, and then you sign Russell Wilson and you try to make something out of your season for on a one-year deal. Time out. That's assuming the Broncos cut him, which they might. But if they cut him, I think they, there's something like eighty million in dead cap that they're going to have to pay him still. So there's a lot that, that could happen still with Russell Wilson and the Broncos. I think Sean Payton said in an interview over the Super Bowl week that he's not out of the picture as far as playing for them. So. I mean, that may just be coach speak saying the right things. But according to Sean Payton, there's still a possibility that Russell Wilson is back next year playing for the Broncos. Because, yeah, if they cut him, they're going to have to eat that contract. I mean, it's guaranteed. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. what Because like, nobody's going to trade for him. $39 million guaranteed. Yeah, but the, no I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's two seasons. <clears throat> or is, is that for 2024 is already guaranteed. Yeah, and I think the next season is too. So I think the total is like eighty million over two seasons. Yeah, I think but, uh, that that sounds. So right, either way, so nobody nobody will trade for him because nobody's going to trade for that contract. So you'd have are, to trade. You'd have to trade him and then like a third round pick for a seventh round pick. But like, no, seriously. Yeah, for nothing. For, for nothing. Seriously, yeah, exactly. Because yeah, basically you, just you'd be doing them a favor taking the contract. So. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think any team is willing Not to take with a on a contract like that. Nobody's well, nobody's going to take on that contract. What if somebody took half the contract and they were like, "We get a fourth round pick for that." I mean, I can see that. It's like a team like the Cardinals that's pretty clearly not ready to compete right now. Oh, I think Kyler Murray's better than Russell Wilson. Wilson. Oh no, I, no, no, no! You don't start Russell Wilson. You offer to pay half the contract and then you cut. You're going to pay twenty million for a backup for a fourth round pick. No, dude. Ooh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. You get, you're they have that just much. doing it for the pick. Uh, the you way, can see like the commanders do the it. The way I see it, the only possible I don't think a trade is going to happen. I think the only possibility is that they're, they're going to cut him and eat it, or they're gonna he'll be ride. he'll be back with the Broncos. Broncos country. I Let's think cry. Him. I think they're in the right place right now to draft a quarterback. So you with, think they just they just, they just cut him and eat that? Yeah, I think so. Broncos country. Let's cry. They they put. The, <laughs> that's good. I like that. They're in a tough spot because they benched him at the end of the year making it seem like, okay, he's obviously not going to be the starter going forward. But my thing is I wouldn't want him as my starter no matter where I am because these last two seasons have shown that his game has really regressed. He's not the same player that he was in Seattle when they won a Super Bowl and, and were in the playoffs and he was in the MVP conversation every year. He's he's just not that same guy. He's not that effective. And I think he is – I don't think he's a great presence – in the locker room. I think a lot of, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that guys dislike him, but I just think he's kind of off-putting and he annoys a lot of guys. I mean, there's a, lot, a bunch of stories when he first got to Denver, how, just how weird he was, how focused he was on building his brand and the weird subway commercial <laughs> and the weird 
you know, him talking into his phone, the Mr. Unlimited stuff. And apparently he, for his first practice, I think he wore a pair of cleats with Lombardi trophies on him and he was already wearing his, it's just, he's just kind of a weird dude, you know? At least he has a lot of money to charity though. I'm sure he does. That's and that's a great thing. So that's good. That's a great thing. I'm not like I said. I'm not saying he's a bad person. I don't think no, Russell Wilson's no, no. a bad person. I just think he's weird. a lot of people say he's, he's a, a bad little person. strange. I don't know. He's he seems like a robot kind of at times. Yeah. Wow. I would never know anything about Evan, being robots a robot. have feelings too. Evan, what can you tell us about? What if Evan immediately jumped to his? Defense? <laughs> he did. Hey, that's I didn't not... even point at him. Hey, you can't uh, say Russell that Russell was better this year, though, in my opinion, than he did last year. He was better. I mean, there was a stretch where he was good. Better this year than last year, though. It's like, still what are not we really... good. Yes, correct. He still was bad enough that they benched him. Sean, yeah. Pay- Sean Payton benched him. But didn't they bench him for, like, They benched him partially for, partially for contract reasons. Because if but, he got hurt, it would have been, like, real bad. But the only reason the contract reason came up was because he wasn't playing up to his contract. Yeah. So. Yeah. But his contract is also It's pretty insane. Well, didn't pretty they... Didn't a story came out that earlier in the season they approached him and said, Russ, we need to rework this deal. And he said, No, I'm not going to rework the deal. And then they started winning games, so they couldn't bench him. And then as soon as they lost again, he got benched. Yeah. That's that's that I sounds think, like what I the think, that's, I think that's from smart. what I remember, that's about right. right. Russ Russ came right. out and said that. He said that, yeah, there was this meeting that was had earlier in the season where they told me I needed to restructure my contract. If, if said, they wanted to stay on the team. And, yeah. I, and I said and he said no. I remember that part of the story. Yeah. Which honestly, I mean, and then they went on that selfish, wins. but money. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, get I'm, your I'm, bag, I'm, Russell Wilson. Fair I'm, enough. I'm not, <laughs> not going to tell a guy what to do, but just the fact that sports writers and other people are still putting this out there, like Russell Wilson is a is a good option for yeah the Raiders or the Steelers or the Falcons or any of these teams. Eh, good. I, just, <laughs> I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. I, I think I would much rather move up and take a chance on a rookie or I mean in the Raiders case I would a thousand percent rather roll with Aiden O'Connell than than go get Russell Wilson I just I don't know that's just me moving on though to a little bit more of a upbeat topic Jimmy Graham ah Gabriel, yes Gabriel this is your story this was cool yeah he's I mean there's not much to it uh well I mean I guess there's a lot to it depending on how you look at it Jimmy Graham is it's a charity thing he's gonna row across the Arctic Ocean nonstop with a, a group of guys. I don't know how many guys it is exactly, but there's certain parameters. Like they're never going to, nobody's ever going to sleep more than 90 minutes at a time. So hence the the nonstop thing. They're all going to take shifts rowing in, in certain hours. So they never stop and they're going to row across the Arctic Ocean. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, cool story. And it's for charity. And it, Yeah, it's, I'm sure so, yeah, it's for charity. Good story. Good, good uplifting thing on, good job. on outside source football. Good, good job, Jimmy Graham. What a career. Great career from Jimmy Graham. Moving on, though, to the firing of Steve Wilkes. So this is something that, that I'm pretty familiar with, uh, so I'm going to talk about it. I know that he was pretty good this year, but maybe their defense didn't live up to the potential that they had maybe with their with their phenomenal talent. I think it's really unfortunate for Steve Wilkes. I don't know if it's necessarily the wrong move because Steve Wilkes, you know, definitely, like, if you look at the defense over the year with the amount of talent they had, I, I don't disagree that they underperformed. You look at them with D'Amico Ryans, they were much better. And yeah, we talk about, you know, there's only so many certain guys at certain positions, including defensive coordinator, that are so good that how do you move on from those guys? But sometimes when you're not getting over that hump, you need to move on from those guys. Now, the other thing I will say is when he was the interim head coach in Carolina, 
I thought he did an amazing job. So this is super. Un- I think it's super unfortunate for him because I think he's actually a pretty good coach. So I, yeah, I don't think. I think it's just the case of a bad fit, and I think that's what the news coming out was that that Shanahan just felt like it, he wasn't a good fit. I think Steve Wilkes is a really good coach. Um, he's been a head coach, and I think somebody will. I guess I don't know if there's any defensive coordinator position still open. I doubt it, and so he'll probably go somewhere as a senior defensive consultant for this season, and then I, I won't be surprised if he gets hired as a de- defensive coordinator somewhere else next year. But, Lions. yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, <laughs> you know, it happens. You can have a guy who's who's really good at what he does but just doesn't fit with that organization. Look look at Jimmy G and the Raiders. <laughs> That, yeah, because Jimmy G was was so good. Anyway, little, little did we know this whole time he's probably been doped up. Doped up. That's why he was so great. That's why he was such a. That's why he made it to the Super Bowl. Two-time Super Bowl champion. Moving on though to the Pro Bowl. How do we fix the Pro Bowl and the All Star Game? Well, I think the All Star Game was even worse. But that's NBA. Are we allowed to talk about that? Yeah, we can talk about that. Do we have the credentials to talk about? Sure. This is an NBA. NFL podcast. I don't know. I don't waste our time with basketball. Yeah, the the NBA All Star Game was even worse. I, th- I think the Pro Bowl has done some things to help. You just make it a flag football game. You do some fun games. Um, the big problem in the NFL is was taking it out of Hawaii. The Pro Bowl nobody had any problems with the Pro Bowl when it was in Hawaii because everybody showed up because you're not going to pass up on a trip to Hawaii, right? So all of the best players would show up. Alumni guys would show up. They'd do the fun competitions. And then they'd go play a game that was, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't alive. I wasn't really watching those games. But from what I understand, they were kind of competitive. Uh, you always see the clip of Sean Taylor lighting <laughs> up the punter on that fake punt. So I don't, I don't think the games were super competitive, but they were better. But I just think having it in, in Hawaii made it special, right? Like you're going to Hawaii. That's a big deal. When you have the Pro Bowl in Orlando, who cares? Or Las Vegas or any other city of, in the States. Right, Nobody cares, of- which is why guys don't show up. And then you have Tyler Huntley and Derek Carr duking right. it out in the Pro Bowl games. When right. I mean, come on. Well, I'm thinking, uh, like Jared Goff was invited to go after, I don't know, some other people declined or whatever. Uh, but you know, he spends his off season in California. Like, why would you go to Orlando? Like, that's not a good vacation. No. Meanwhile, when it's in Hawaii, it's like, hey, you're really good at football. You made us a lot of money this year because you're good at football. Here's a all expenses paid trip to Hawaii, you have to play one game and like do a couple competitions, which is fun because you're a football player. You have fun playing football. I don't know. You get a lot of those people. Most people live somewhere warm in the off season anyway. So it's like, oh, I don't really care about going to Orlando. They you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean no, a lot of them make so much money, does it really matter that they need an all expenses paid trip? No, but But it's, it's like still, it's the experience. Right? You know, the Pro Bowl in Hawaii was this iconic great experience that like I said, guys wouldn't pass it up. And I assume the reason they don't do it anymore is because of money. But if you're the NFL, you have enough money. If you want to save the Pro I don't know, Bowl. scratching for pennies over there. Yeah, it's really tough. Well, that's why they do I it think, in Orlando. I think if, yeah, obviously, more fans obvi- go, right? obviously it's cheaper to put it in Orlando. And I guess, yeah, more fans can are go. able to go. But it's cheaper to build. I don't really care about the fans. I'm, I'm in it for the players and for the product <laughs> on the field. You. I'm with you. Yeah, well, so put it in Hawaii. It's good and, for the rookies, though. And bring back the throwing distance competition. Those are my favorite videos to watch. Brett Favre chucking the ball like 74 yards and Harbaugh can barely get it to 50. It's hilarious. Um, great stuff. Well, thank you for listening to Outside Source Football on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. 
Have a great day. Yeah, I actually got to get going. I got to meet uh, with Jimmy G and my guy about uh, about the stuff. About a, some stuff. Yeah, we just got to talk about some yeah, stuff. Yeah, I got you. He just talks to me. He's here. Is he here? Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, have a, right. have a good week. Have a good week. See you, Evan. Bye. See ya.